0: Good morning. Welcome to Sunday Morning with Love and Action. I am Ken Tuck. Hope you're doing well today. Hope your weekend is going well and you're having a good Sunday and I appreciate you tuning in to the Joy FM this morning. This morning we are going to dive into the Word of God and I'm always excited when I have my brother from another mother, Cody Kirchgolf, with us.
1: Cody, welcome. Thank you, Ken. Good morning and good morning everyone. And Ken, always great to be with you. These are fun times.
0: That is. We really ought to record... When we're not recording, you know, do like a video of us just sitting around The talking. outtakes. Yeah, we have fun. We do. We've covered a lot this morning already. We have. It's good having Cody with us once again. And this morning, our topic is going to be cultural Christianity. And what is that? Well, hold on, and mm-hmm. we'll get to that before we do. Cody, would you open us up in
1: prayer? Absolutely. Jesus, uh, we we celebrate you this morning. We praise you this morning. We give you all the honor and the glory that you are due. Lord, may this, uh, just this time this morning, be one that reflects the true of you, the essence of you, the love of you. And so, Lord God, I pray that uh, this morning, uh, for all the listeners that are listening locally and extending out into the area, Lord God, that you would move in our hearts, you'd move in our minds, you'd move in power. Your presence would be so big, and you would reach into our hearts in every way, which wherever we are at in this faith journey with you, that we all take a step just closer into relationship with you. We would have a moment to receive your love in an even deeper and tangible way. Lord, that the truth of your word would shine completely. And Lord, uh, this would be, again, just a moment to glorify you, We give you all the honor and the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
0: Thank you, brother. And and that is cool. In today's technology world that we live in, uh, this is not only going out to all the wonderful people around the wiregrass, but people are streaming it online, listening to it on apps, and they can be anywhere in the U.S. They can be anywhere in the world. It's
1: amazing just the ability for technology to be able to share Jesus and his love. And thankful for this season.
0: Imagine uh, for the Apostle Paul would have had this and the uh, and Peter and, and the whole group after they saw Jesus arise. Imagine what, what, what they that could would have be. done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but that's our job now, isn't it? That's our job. Amen. Well, all right. So this morning, Culture Christianity. Uh, Cody, what is Culture Christianity for people saying? What in the world are they talking about?
1: Well, you think of culture, what's kind of normal in society. You think of even Christianity, what's Some of the things that we would naturally think of that's pretty normal, some basics of Christianity, and I think in, we'll call it modern-day church America, I think a lot of pieces of, of the culture is, okay, it's Sunday, you go to church. Hey, be a good person. Hey, know the Word of God. Hey, pray. And just some things about those things that life kind of centers around that, that we try to make that part of our life. And hopefully that maybe blends into some of the other elements and aspects in the day-to-day of our life. I think cultural Christianity can get a very negative connotation. I think we can think very negatively about it. I'm thankful that we still live in a country and a time that we can have a culture that has a lot of talk about Christianity, even if it is cultural, because that means God is still free, allowed to be free here. So I don't want to at all start off with a negative of it. My hope is to spur us on even more, to let it become so much more powerful than just cultural, because we are not to be part of our culture, right? We are to not conform any longer, Romans 12, any longer to the pattern of this world. We're not, we're not to be part of the culture. We're supposed to look very different. So how do we make our lives in Christ as the body of Christ, as the verb, the action of the church how do we make it anti-culture, counter-culture? How do we how do we do it different all the while still engaging the culture around us?
0: Right. And that's exactly what Jesus did, right? Yeah. I mean, we see him doing that. We see the apostles doing that mm-hmm. uh, as we read the, throughout the New Testament. I mean, he hit on a lot of key things there. And, and one of them is, it, uh, culture cultural Christianity is not necessarily negative uh, because I, I've been in countries where you can't mention Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's outlawed, and we know our brothers and sisters around the world in and, and such countries are persecuted uh, mm-hmm. daily. You know, there was a, a young lady in Pakistan just two weeks ago who she started getting harassed by Muslims. Then they started... Uh, attacking her and, and took her phone, took her what, what money she did have, and um, nothing was, was done about mm-hmm. it. Praise God she's okay. Mm-hmm. But you see that happening around the world, and we don't have that here now. We are also blessed to, to be in this part of the country because uh, not all of the U.S. is as open correct for the, the gospel as we are here in the in the South. But still, it's part of the culture, and we should be thankful for that. That people are talking are still talking about God, still talking about Jesus, still talking about the Holy Spirit. But like you said, we we've got to, at the same time we've got to be different mm-hmm. from the culture. As far as, as cultural Christianity, we know we can go through the motions. Mm-hmm. We can go to church every day or every Sunday, mm-hmm. maybe a Wednesday night, and we can pray and ask God to bless our, our meal, mm-hmm. right, our, our our fried chicken or whatever, and sweet tea. I Had a friend one time, who said, "Why don't we ever ask God to bless what we're drinking?" We're always asking to bless the food. Yeah, that's a good question. (laughs) But uh, so, you know, we we can go through the motions like that and have the appearance of godliness. Mm -hmm. The Bible speaks of that, too. We have to be careful if it's so prevalent in our culture, in our society, that we're not just going through the motions and not really having that relationship.
1: I think there's just an awareness that I think we can have. I think uh, hopefully this is a sweet encouragement to anybody listening this morning just the awareness that we don't take the freedom and the ease of being a Christian right now. There, as you said, there are areas around the country that darkness is invading. As Jesus is the light of the world, and then we are to reflect and be that light, there are areas that are becoming darker and darker, harder to become a Christian, maybe more volatile, not just talking violence, but just the verbal, the emotional persecution of that. And I don't, We haven't seen persecution like you're talking about in Pakistan. But I hope we just don't take it lightly and we take this as an opportunity while we still have it so it can continue in that freedom and in that power. And you're exactly right. I think you were referencing when Paul's writing a letter to Timothy about the end times that, you know, man, people are going to be all kinds of lovers of not good stuff. But it said there will be a time that people have a form of godliness, but deny its power. And I think that's what we're really getting at this morning about the cultural Christianity. Let's not just have a form of it. Let's take it further to live in the incredible power that Jesus gave us through the Holy Spirit and really be able to bring transformation to this world. And so let's live in that power, not just a form of it.
0: Yeah, we, and we do have to live in Jesus. He gives us commandments like with the, the Great Commission, not to sit. You know, yeah. I always say it's not the Great Suggestion, it's the Great Commission. The Great Commission. And, uh, you know, the, the freedom that we have is unprecedented. Correct. Uh, There's nowhere else in the world that has the type of freedom that we have of religion. Mm -hmm. There's different forms of that in in different parts of the world. But I always remember there was a a Chinese uh, pastor of one of the underground churches. This was back around 2014, 15 or so, when there was actually a a little bit more freedom for religion in China. They didn't have freedom of religion, but the screws weren't being Mm -hmm. tightened down on them at that point in time. And when Xi Jinping was, was still a young ruler of China... A reporter asked that this Chinese pastor says, "What do you think about this?" And he says, "Well, it's it's great, but I hope we don't get too much freedom hmm. because then we will become too comfortable." Hmm. Man, there's a lot of truth in that statement because we know where persecution is the the gospel's really growing. Growing in China, that's really changed in China mm-hmm. now. It's really really tough uh, over uh-huh. there for, for Christians, but the church is growing. growing. Here in the U.S., we've experienced so much freedom over the years that we can become satisfied, become complacent, just kind of, you know, okay, I'm saved, and we got, and God we trust still on the money, you know, Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. And it's like, okay, you know, we're good. But it's like you said, we have to uh, engage with Jesus and let Jesus through us engage with our culture to walk in that power Mm -hmm. and that strength of Christ and to show people that there's more. There's more than just going through the motions.
1: I think sometimes, you know, you you reference China and we can look at all the persecuting countries, all the illegal countries, and it is a life or death situation. It is fighting for your faith of Jesus is a life or death situation. We don't have that here. Sure, we can be looked down upon or whatever, but it's not a life or death situation. And I think when it's a life or death situation, I think people look at it as a eternal battle. I think sometimes we can get a little bit complacent here because it is easy, that, okay, if it's not an eternal battle today, at least we have tomorrow we can work on, on this. And I don't, I don't ever want to put it off to tomorrow. 2 Corinthians five sixteen. before the great verse of, if anybody's into Christ, they're a new creation. It goes before that and it says, no longer do we look at anyone with a worldly perspective. That part of, I think, being the counterculture of Christianity is, no matter where it is, is and if it is a little bit easier to practice as it is here in America, we still need to have the battle face on, that we don't look at any single human being with a worldly perspective. We look at them as a child of God, as a creation of God, as a, this is a life or death situation, that the greatest thing, as you said, the Great Commission. I think of kind of three places in Scripture, one of the Matthew 28, the Great Commission. He said, don't sit, Go go make disciples, go do this. I think Matthew 22, the great command, love God, go, love God with everything you've got and love others as yourself. To be able to live out the great commission, you literally have to love people the way that God loves people. And then I think again of, I'll go back to 2 Corinthians 5, about the ministry of reconciliation. It's not just a commission to share the gospel message, but it is literally a commission. And in that, He was meaning the the ministry of reconciliation, that as Jesus reconciled us to God, we then now are ambassadors to reconcile people to Jesus, to God. So it is not just a a telling, but it is a living, and it's going to happen with the great command to absolutely love others. So we can't take it just culturally like, yep, this is what I do. I make my rounds. I'm a good person. Man, we got to fight to love others, and guess what? It might be a battle every day in us to love others because we do live in a tough world. People are going to let us down.
0: Yeah, you're absolutely right, and it is a uh, Christianity is an uh, an active. Religion, it's an active. I always say using the word religion, you know, because it's a relationship. Yeah, it's a relationship. That's what it is. Yeah. But it's active, like like any relationship w- would be. And you're right. Jesus tells us, go, go, go. You know, Mark 16, go and preach the gospel. And and I think with, with culture Christianity, one thing that if we're not careful, we can fall into to this trap, is that we're out. Say we're at a restaurant, and the waitress or the waiter comes over to the table, and we know we we should share something, maybe even pray with that person. But it's like. Well, you know, there's so many churches around here. Yeah. Somebody's gonna talk to or so and you kinda talk yourself out of it.
1: Yeah.
0: But we have to be intentional in not allowing that to happen. Intentional to still talking with people, sharing our testimony with people, just simply asking people, What can I pray with you about? Mm-hmm. Martha and I do that in restaurants with our, our waiters or waitresses and It's easy to think, well, somebody else do that. There'll be a pastor in here sometime. Let the pastor do it, you know. But,
1: yeah. (laughs) And there's a church they might go to, (laughs) or somebody else said. I think, uh, you know, Love and Action in the Harbor, we get lots of groups in to come. And one thing I've been asking lately to a lot of people is hey, just out of your heart, just be honest, you know, safe place here. What are the top three reasons that we don't share the gospel more? That we can live in the culture of Christianity, but we don't share the gospel more on an individual way. Because God created us to be in relationship with him. And then therefore he created us to be a reflection of relationship, to be in relationship with others. That's where we're hitting the religion versus relationship type things. We have to be in relationship with others as the presence of God is in us. And then we get that tap on the Holy Spirit to share. The three reasons I ask and I love, and it's it's always the same. Number one, they don't want to offend someone. I mean, how often have we heard that, that converse or that point, Oh, two two things you don't talk about with family right. or what government and politics and religion, religion. religion. Yes. man, yeah. we, we are Deuteronomy six, man, our faith in God is supposed to be everywhere that we go and talk about it and hang it on us and put it on our dope post and on and on. So number one is always, I don't want to offend someone and I get it. Our country we're living in maybe has said, Oh my goodness, that could be offensive. I think the greatest offense is not sharing it. Exactly. Because, you know, I, I go back to that, that great passage of the rich man and Lazarus. Yes. That how scary is that? That Lazarus couldn't, he was in heaven, yeah. couldn't see anything below him. But man, in hell, mm-hmm. you could see. I, I think a great offense is not sharing it because we have to, though, love people. We love so deeply that we do it in a way that isn't offensive. And you and I have probably been shared the gospel to us in probably offensive ways. Right. We we'll do it in a way of such love, of such truth. Jesus was a master at it. Yeah. But to make sure that we do realize, hey, the greatest love I can give, I don't want this to be offensive to you, but I think the greatest offense that you wouldn't hear it. Number two, people aren't confident in the way. And I sit there and say, do you love Jesus? Just open your mouth. It's okay to practice. Yeah. It's okay to try. Uh, the only way to learn how to swim is jump in the pool. The only way to learn how to shoot a basket is shoot one. Try. It doesn't have to come out perfect. Did you give perfect effort? John Wooden, basketball coach, always used to say, I don't expect you to be perfect, but I expect perfect effort. Yes. So let's give that perfect effort. So if you're a little bit intimidated or unsure that you can't do it well enough, just try.
0: Yeah, let me make one point there, too, is is to try. You need to practice to do that. And So just opening your mouth is, is practicing. And – When we look at the letters that Paul wrote, he would often say, I desire to be with you to preach the gospel to you. He's talking to the church. Mm -hmm. He's talking to Christians. So, you know, we're supposed to share the gospel with each other. And what more comforting or should be comforting area, safe place to share the gospel than with another brother and sister? And so as we're talking about Jesus with one another, then we become more comfortable with it. So when we do encounter people who we know we need, we got to share Jesus with, we have more confidence because we have already been practicing, so to speak, practicing, to, probably to de- in a safe place.
1: Like, is it that bad of deal in church on a Sunday and you happen to see someone you don't know and you sit there and say, hey, my name's Ken. My name's Ken. <laughs> uh, and, and you say, hey, I've never met you. Man, how's Jesus today? It's so good to see you. What's the worst they're going to say? I've been attending here for a year. And you say, that is on me. That is my fault that I have not had eyes to see you. I ask for your forgiveness, but I'm so thankful for this moment. You just start talking about what a great way to practice and what a great way to realize not everybody that attends a church has found the relationship and freedom of Jesus. So we do need to, in essence, evangelize, Mm -hmm. make disciples within the church. And, uh, hey, is it that big a deal to get in front of the mirror And practice is that big a deal to lay in bed at night and practice. I think we can continue to practice. It's always ready. We're supposed to always be prepared to give a reason for the hope we have in season or out. And, you know, I've just always thought in season times, I'm really ready out of season times. I'm so not ready. I always tell people, Hey, be prepared to have your 15 second, 30 second, maybe a minute testimony in your back pocket ready to go. So number two was always, I'm not confident in this, but then the number three one is always. I don't know if it's that big a deal. And I understand that, that we're cultural. We're like, we Culture. got a lot of other stuff going on. And when, I, when they say it's not that big a deal, it's, it's not that they don't believe it's a big deal. I think most Christians would say it's a big deal. The Great Commission, the Great Command, the Ministry of Reconciliation, those are important deal. I think most people would, would agree that we don't want a form of godliness, but deny the power of it. I'm thankful that on that Friday, Jesus didn't just have a form of godliness, but he had the power of God. That saved the world. But I think sometimes, I think we all know, but is it ready at our lips and at our heart always that that, no matter where we go, we're ready to give the reason? And so I think when we can understand probably those three reasons why we're maybe not as always ready or willing to share it, and we can combat those, call it for what it is, I think then we do begin to break down cultural Christianity walls and we live a little bit more power. Is it a big deal that you share the gospel with someone that's heard it 47,000 times? No, I think hearing it for the 47,000th and first time is a great thing, right? So I just, I just want to encourage us to, to practice it, to become okay with it. You never know at that moment of that person that it, it does. I mean, Ken, you could share the gospel with me this morning. We've already been talking about it. I've heard it. I believe Jesus. I'm redeemed in Him. I've given my life to Him, but it's encouraged me this morning.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and I think that's also part of that iron sharpens iron yeah. uh, when we're together and do that. And it's just so important to take the disciplines from the Bible, if you will. What does our prayer life look like? Are, are we praying more than just blessing the food mm-hmm. at the table? Do we have a, a constant communication with the Father? Are we in His Word? You know, are, are we? genuinely spending time in in the Word. And I always encourage people, you know, be in the Word daily. Mm -hmm. And I know there's a lot of Read Through the Bible programs out there, and and I always say that's great to do that and do it. I encourage people to do it because it gets you all the way through the Bible Mm -hmm. and and you get to learn what's in there. Uh, But you're going through it pretty quickly doing that. So make sure that we're taking time during the week, maybe it's a day, maybe it's two days, whatever, to actual study. Actually get into the Word of God ourselves not just letting our our, our pastors do it, getting mm-hmm. to get the word God ourselves. So we're we're filling ourselves more with the word, and the more that we fill ourselves with God, you know, what are we listening to as well? What are we watching? Then that's what's going to be on our lips. We know down here it's roll tide or it's that other thing. Go Huskers! Huskers! Yeah, that was it. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that as long as that's not our God. that's not what we're always talking about. The weather. We always talk about the weather, right? It's too hot. It's too cold. It's too rainy. It's too dry, whatever. So those things are easy for us to talk mm-hmm. about because we're comfortable with it. And it's just, that's what we know. Yeah. But man, the more we get into God and the more we understand his promises, like in the great commission, when Jesus says, I'm always with you, always with you, always. With, so we're not alone in doing that. And then, you know, in Acts one, eight, we're filled yeah, with the power to be. When the
1: Holy Spirit comes on you. Yeah. And Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria to the ends of the earth. right? We're in Jerusalem right here yes. in Dothan. And, and we have or that wherever power. you're listening to this around the world, that's your Jerusalem. That's your Jerusalem. We can yeah. share, share right there. And you said something about getting into the Word. So powerful. Whether you want to do a one-year Bible reading plan or whatever, incredible. Just be in the Word. Yeah. I don't care if you want to say, hey, for three weeks I'm going to read... One chapter of John for three times a day, the same chapter, right. and I'm gonna dive into it so deeply. That's 21 chapters, 21 days, three right. weeks. Cool. That's a great way to do it. But don't just get in the word. As you get in the word, get with the who yes. of the word. Yes. You know, let God do that. And you talked about prayer life, and it is incredible. Whatever you pray for, He you know, bring every prayer and petition to God. Always pray without ceasing. That's what he says. Okay, all the time, but be with the who of the prayer. Right, right. You know, spend some time in prayer that, that literally it's okay to just sit silent and say, okay, God, I've talked enough. Ken and Cody have talked enough this morning. Your turn. Yeah. And just sit. God wants the reciprocal. Man, he loves us. Can you yeah. imagine him and Adam before the fall? Oh, How man. cool yeah. the relationship yeah. with that. God still wants that today.
0: And that's what Jesus gives us. And that leads me actually right into a scripture I wanted to share. And that's out of 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 18, where we realize why Jesus has saved us. Mm-hmm. Peter writes, for Christ also suffered once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God, Yeah, being put to death in the flesh and made life in the spirit. God, as the saying goes, God is the prize of salvation. You know, God, Jesus did all that, yes, for our forgiveness. And we should always praise him and thank him for that we we should always thank him and praise him he took the our punishment for us bore the wrath of god for us he did everything to give us salvation give us eternal life with him but he brought us back to the father just like when at the beginning mm-hmm. when adam and the father were together like that so jesus brought us back to god and and just like you said man just when we spend time in his word we spend time in his word mm-hmm. like i said let's make sure we're spending yeah. With him, because he, he is our, our Abba. He's our Father, he's, he's
1: He's the who. Yeah. And all of a sudden, when that who fills us, not the it, but the who fills us, that's going to pour out of us. I, I As you've been sharing, I was thinking of Paul, and and he says, men of Athens. Now, Paul could have went with the Bible and said, hey, uh, do you know Jesus? And if you don't, you're going to spend eternity into the lake of fire. Right. But he was troubled. His heart was troubled. I think his spirit was troubled as he walked around and he saw idols everywhere in the culture in what he was in. But he didn't become a jerk. He said, man, Athens, and he, he looked for the opportunity. He waited upon God for the opportunity. He looked, and he had found this one idol that said, to an unknown God, he said, man, I see you're religious in very, every way. He gave them props. Mm-hmm. He brought them in. I think he was being the unity of the who of God. He said, let me tell you about this one. I think I know who this is. I think we can do that in our culture of today. Men of my office, I see that we work very hard. Man, you know, we're supposed to do everything with all of our heart is unto the Lord. Let's do that for him today. Caution 3.23 says, or young people on the soccer field. How can we make that an opportunity to connect or the grocery store or wherever we go, or even in the churches we're talking about to connect, to actually be the essence, the who of the word of God, that it reflects that. And I think if we just open our eyes just a little bit, we're going to see, goodness, God puts us into opportunities of relationship all over. Because why? God is a relational God. He is going to put people into relationship opportunities. How can then we let that come out? Knowing it's not really that offensive. And we already live right here in a very cultural area that is accepted. It's not that really offensive. Two, if you don't know how to do it, it it's okay. Just be the who. The great command, love. You know, look for opportunities to love. Look for opportunities to build. Look for opportunities to pray. Look for opportunities to care. And, and three, we just have to look for the opportunities so we don't have a, maybe an apathetic viewpoint. That it's like, ah, eh, it's not that big a deal. Somebody else will do it. No, no, no. Right now is our moment if God's calling us.
0: Yeah, exactly. And we really need to be the catalyst for those mm-hmm. opportunities. Uh, Cuz they always arise. And the the key you hit on something key when you're talking about Paul. Hey, he could have been a, you know, a jerk and and said, "Yeah, y'all are all going to hell." Mm-hmm. Let me tell you about my guy, you know, mm-hmm. and but he didn't uh, you know, the the Bible tells us to, you know, be humble mm-hmm. in our approach. Yeah. And and I, and I love that because people will respond to humbleness. Mm-hmm. Uh if if we're arrogant and boastful, People don't, don't, they don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. Well, as you were sharing that, that story about Paul, I was thinking, but I was in uh, in Sri Lanka one time. And, and we, it was for, it actually it was kind of like a, a graduate business course. And it was with people from all over, especially Asia. And we were touring a temple, which is one of the most sacred uh, Buddhist temples in, in the world and as we were going through our host really nice guy he's from he was a Sri Lankan and so I started asking him questions mm-hmm. because I wanted that to lead into mm-hmm. instead of pointing out you know hey all this is just mm-hmm. crazy and whatever I wanted to learn first of all mm-hmm. to make sure I, I know how to respond to him but he was, he was more than happy to share with me yeah. and then he was more than happy to listen to what I had to say if we can be humble in our approach we're going to reach a lot more people
1: I think I've shared this with you, but some of the approaches that I've used is, you know, one thing I'll ask is like, hey, uh, where have you seen Jesus at in your life this week? Yeah. You know, a lot of people say, oh, he woke me up or, you know, whatever. Cool. You know, how how are you using that for him today then? But where have you seen Jesus? You know, ask, ask him, say, hey, man, it blesses me as we talk about this. Where have you seen Jesus at? And I always say this week, because everybody has a story from some time, but I love to see, like this week, so it makes our eyes always looking for him. Second one, I love to ask people then, and I'll know where their relationship is asked by, by asking these questions. Second one, I always ask, how are you growing with him this week? Somebody say, hey, you know, I'm reading the word. Cool, can you teach me? What are you, what are you reading in the word? Or, hey, I went to church. Cool, what'd your, what'd your pastor preach on? Or, Tell me some of the worship songs, or, you know, tell me what, you know, I listen to this podcast or or whatever. And the third one, you know, as, as I began to determine, I always say, okay, Hey, is there anything I can pray about that in a way as, you know, what is Jesus partnering with you in further transformation of him? And it's it's pretty cool. You're going to learn and then you're going to say, "Well, I'm not really growing with him." Well, cool. Can we talk about that? Let's go back to the basics. Do you believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior? And you're going to learn where they're at in their faith journey and maybe to help them take a step and you're just asking some pretty easy questions out of love and it's not as difficult as sitting and saying, Hold on, I gotta recite exactly word for word the gospel exactly. You're just trying to start relationship. And I think if we can approach that and saying, Hey man, everybody that I look at is a creation of God. They're not a it's not a worldly person, it's a it's a creation of God. It's the who, let's go to them.
0: Yeah. And see them as, like you said, as a creation of yeah. God, made in his image. Yeah. Right. That's so key is how we see, I was, I was thinking about that song by Brandon Heath, you know, Lord, uh, give me your eyes give for your just eyes. one second, right? Yeah. And so I can see people as, as you see them. And so um, uh, as we're wrapping up here now, um, culture, Christianity, it can be a positive, it can be a negative. Mm-hmm. Uh, we need to make sure that we're doing all that Jesus has called us to, so it can be a positive, mm-hmm. and that we're active and not just going through the motions of Christianity.
1: Yeah, I praise God for the cultural Christianity, that we have the freedom of that. So let's build on that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's let's use it for the good. Let's let like, let God use it for the for the very good. Yeah. Amen. Well, Cody, thanks for
0: being here today. Will you come back next week? I might. Okay. Okay, I will pray about you. it. Man. I'll pray, pray, about yeah, it. pray about it. <laughs> All right. Well, we appreciate everybody joining us this morning. Just hope you have a, a great rest of the day today and a wonderful week coming up. And I pray that you always remember Jesus loves you. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause His face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May He lift up His countenance upon you and give you peace.